What's up, everybody? I'm so excited to come to you on the Drive Project podcast where we talk about passion, purpose, and possibility. I'm all the way down here in Houston, Texas. It's hot. They got good barbecue. I've had some good times, but I have somebody very special. I've been basically following her. It's like more like family to me, but I've been following her on Instagram, and she has such just great passion and a great story. And so I have here Kanisha Skelton. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. I'm <laughs> Kanisha Skelton, but my new name is Kanisha Bell now. Yes, because you just got married. Yeah, I'm a wife. I belong Uh-oh, to somebody now. Okay. <laughs> and the rock is gorgeous. Well, thank you. He did right. Yeah, he did. That's what it's about. Congratulations, <laughs> sir. Thank you. got you. a diamond and a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Super excited. So just give a little bit of history. Well, number one, I know that you are a great makeup artist. Yes, I watch your videos. Yes. You make me laugh every time I watch them. And but I love just how oh my gosh you're detailed in what you do, and then also your fitness journey is so powerful as well too. So just give a little history of who you are. Okay, well the history of who I am, I guess it can all started after my dad passed because that's when I really got into makeup, mm-hmm. um, and I used it as a way to cope with him being gone. Wow. And I got really good in the process. I mean, I've always been into makeup, but it was like something about that grief and needing to deal opened up that artistic side for me to be just amazing because I had tried Mm -hmm. several times prior to I I messed up (laughs) one of my sister-in-law several times okay destroyed her face oh my god she was a good team player and (laughs) she let me keep doing it yeah Uh, but it was like right after he passed everything that was stopping me or hindering me from doing well at that kind of just broke and I was able to do it very well um as far as fitness that also came as a byproduct of him wow. passing. Um, I, I went to the doctor. I mean, I guess I gained a lot of weight. Right. I went to like 300, Whoa. almost 330. And you look good. Yes. You look amazing. Thank you so much. I mean, hard work. Hard yes, work. hard work. But the fact that, I mean, that's like... I know what it's like because I've been on a fitness journey and yes, I have yes. been bigger before. Okay. And and I used to eat little Debbies and hide them in the closet yes. and show up at midnight and know how I was Debbies. eating. Yes. So, so that was me. Yes. 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 I can eat the whole box. <laughs> the whole box and do not care. And everybody's like, I know you just bought those. Right. And I ate them. I bought them for me. <laughs> and we <laughs> owned the fact that <laughs> yes. we ate them too. <laughs> not a shame. <laughs> but that was for me, that was a big, like, for me, I remember starting like six or seven years ago mm-hmm. and wanting to do something different. And so. Well, yeah, I mean, I had got those real bad I got some real bad test results from the doctor Mm. and I'm like okay I'm 27 I've gotten these horrible test results I'm supposed to live for a long time you know I have to do something to change this and a friend of mine my oldest friend I mean we've been friends since birth Wow. Uh, introduced me to my gym, Extreme Fitness Unlimited. Yes. And from there, it was just a complete life change. And I happened. took that class today. Yes. And I'm. let me How tell was you something. It, it was, it, I was, look, <laughs> <laughs> it's hot down here, y'all. And on top of it, but the trainers don't play. I love the fact that they push. Yes. It was like, they don't care because the fat don't care. The mm-hmm. fat will stay. Yes. So you got to you gotta make up your mind. And I think the fact that all of us together were just pushing each other. I love the class. So yeah, yeah. y'all in Houston need to go to Extreme Fitness. Yes. Check him out. He's amazing. Rodney Samuel. Yes. Look, yeah, I boom. always got your back. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and it just started from there. It just started from... Uh, me being in a very 
a dark, sad place mm-hmm. and deciding not to allow his blessing mm-hmm. to be my curse while I lived here on earth. Wow. And because, you know, as a Christian, dying is our main goal. Right. That's to heaven where we are going to go and live out our yes. best days mm-hmm. ultimately. So I just decided not to let that be my final ending, not right. to let my life have ended with his. And it was very hard to push through that. But I think that I've met some amazing people along the way that have helped push me as well. And I mean, I guess I'm happy. I never thought that I could be happy without him being present. But I I was able to find my life and find out who I am. And you were like, you said, because we were talking earlier and you said that, you know, you were like daddy's girl. I mean, he was, I love, you, you even said, you know, even in his mistakes, you still found him perfect because yes, of how yes. he handled certain yes. things. Yes, let's talk about him. Yeah. So my wonderful father, his name is Kenneth Skelton. I'm, a lot of you know him. I know y'all do. Uh, <laughs> he was an amazing man, an amazing example of life and Christian walk and just a good foundation of how right. you should live your life. And we were very close. I mean, I talked to him every day. I right. talked to him about everything. I think that I had about when I first became into adolescence where I thought he didn't know anything. Right. And I acted crazy, uh-huh. you know, but definitely. <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> after I went through that phase that everybody goes through, uh, he just became very important in my life. Um, somebody I could always depend on, count on, always knew he would be there. So this is somebody who has been in every important event right. of my life for my entire life wow. at this point. And he passes away. I mean, he had a heart attack on Mother's Day. And that oh. was it. That was it. He was gone, never to be seen again. And it was a shocker uh, because to me, he was Superman. I mean, right. I had watched my dad go through diabetes and turn it around and get better. I saw him get sick and get better. I saw him pray people back alive. I mean, pray cancer out of somebody's body. So I'm thinking, you know, God needs him here. You know, yeah, he's Superman. God needs him here to the end of time. So (laughs) him passing away just never crossed my mind. And I remember talking to him one day about me being 80 and us sitting down talking, and he was like, baby, you know, I'm 30 years older than you, so if you 80, that mean I will be 110. I was like, yeah, and we going to be talking about life, you know? Right. And um, it was heartbreaking when he passed. I remember the initial feelings I had were anger. Right. And uh, the first thing I said, uh, which I definitely had to go back and fix this for my niece, was that God could have saved him, and he didn't. And uh, my niece started saying that, wow. you know, and I was like, oh, my God, I've ruined her. You know, yeah. right? <laughs> she's just nine. I think she was nine or ten at the right. time. I'm like, I've destroyed her yeah. walk with Christ yeah. for the rest of her life. <laughs> God is going to punish me. I'm not getting to heaven. You know, and I had to sit her down and say, you know what? Yeah. Uh, God could have mm-hmm. saved him because God can do anything. I said, so that statement isn't wrong. Right. The way that I preference that statement is to address the situation was wrong. Right. Uh, I believe that everybody has a time. Yes. And it was his time. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had anything to do with God's ability to save him or not. Right. And she was like, okay, I understand that. And I was wow. like, oh, God, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I fixed this. Right. Because, I mean, I did. It was bad. 
And you even talked to you you talked about you even mentioned like anxiety things you've dealt with before. Yes. So um, just a little bit more of my history. I've dealt with anxiety and depression. I've had anxiety maybe since I was about thirteen or fourteen years old. What do you think started that? Um, I know what it started it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you go to therapy, they definitely help you figure out what's going right. on. Right. Nothing wrong with therapy. Yeah. I think that is a good. My thing. black people. Right. Go talk to somebody. Right. Uh, but uh, when I was younger. I was molested by a friend's brother. And uh, I think that something was stolen from me at a young age. Talk about you know, it. I'm talking about I was a Christian girl, you know, definitely believed in God, believed in abstinence, believed in holding on to yourself. I mean, all these things. Right. And so this happens to me. And it happened a couple of times before I actually told my parents or right. anything like that. So. After the last time that it happened, I told my parents, and everybody has a meeting. You know, everybody wants to meet right. and talk. So now this very uncomfortable thing that has happened to me is now the source of meetings, and people are behind closed doors talking about it and discussing it and trying to deal with it. Right. And I didn't like it. I don't think that I like that mm. at all. And so the person that did this, he told other people. At the church that he did it. And, but he lied and was like, she jumped in my bed and I told her no. And then she told my parents that I did this. And no. it was a big lie. And so I remember he told this guy that I had a crush on at the church. You know, no. so now everybody's looking at me sideways. Right. But luckily he told a guy that was my brother's best friend. And so my he told my brother, like, hey, this is what he's saying. Right. And so when it was found out that he's going on, I mean, my mama went into attack mode. And I'm telling you, right. my mama is like, she's your warrior. Okay. Right, she right. will be your bodyguard. <laughs> and I'm talking about not talking. She went into physical action for me, wow. you know. And, but... I grew up wondering who knew, who was talking about it. Right. And when I would hear little whispers, it felt like, okay, they're talking about me. You know, so mm-hmm. that ha- went on for several years. And I think that it just manifested. And now I'm anxious. I get uncomfortable in situations. And right. I have panic attacks. And all these things developed out of it. Right. So then that, I've learned to deal with that over years and years. And then I had my son. I went through depression. Mm. Uh, my marriage was horrible, to say the least. Right. And um, then I have this kid, and I'm in the midst of this horrible marriage, and I just started to deal with depression. So once that was introduced right. in my life, you know, it was kind of like I never took medication for it. I only went to therapy. Right, right. Uh, so it was kind of just this thing that my therapist said, you know, we'll have to monitor. We'll always have to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep a close watch, right. I guess. Right, So um, I, and then you deal with being in a Christian. Right. Being in church. Because there's a, there's uh, for those of y'all that don't know, and you know this podcast is for all people, and but we're just talking for us. Right, And right. so we know, I know growing up, it's like, well, God can just fix it. Yeah, pray it away. You're not supposed to pray it away. Yes. Don't go get something professionally. Just pray it away and you'll be fine. So that was confusing because I right. was like, okay, why well, I can't pray this away? Right. I'm not getting happy. You know, I really don't want to touch this kid, you know. Right. But why I can't pray it away? Right. So uh, luckily my father, he went to school for psychology and things like that. Nice. So he didn't have an issue with therapy mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that. He actually was like, hey. 
Let's you get need some help. to go talk to somebody. Right. So uh, I dealt with a therapist. She helped me. Uh, I came out of the depression and wow. everything like that. You know, love my son. Can touch him. And I feel like it's a job because I kind of felt like it was a job to be on my right. own. Okay, I have to feed him or he's going to die. Right. I have to change the diaper. It right. wasn't like that nurturing motherly thing that I thought I was supposed to have that right. I saw on TV. You know, right. that I'm trying to imitate. Right. Uh, what I've seen, mm-hmm. I never saw um, or knew anyone personally that dealt with mm-hmm. uh, depression after right. a child. So I'm thinking something's wrong with me mm. and I can't pray it away. Wow. So what am I supposed to do? Wow. So luckily, I had this father that was like, hey, look, it's nothing wrong with going to talk to somebody, talk mm-hmm. to somebody. I had an amazing therapist. She helped me work through that. But now it's like, okay, I have this anxiety. Mm-hmm. Now I have this depression I have to deal with. I went many years uh, not having an issue with the depression. Uh, that particular therapist actually helped me so well that I was able to manage my anxiety even better. Wow. So I went many, many, many years without even my anxiety being an issue. Mm-hmm. Like we would have little hiccups, but right, not but like nothing that would where I'm a panic attack. Yeah. Right. Every day I'm having a panic attack. Nothing like that. So... The year he passed away, that December prior year, 2015, I had started dealing with depression again. Mm. Um, I felt like just my life wasn't going how I wanted it to go. I felt like my relationship uh, with the my husband now, I felt like it wasn't moving in the direction in which I wanted to move it in. Mm-hmm. A lot of me trying to control him and make him who I thought he should be. But wow. still, that right. was my thought process. So I started to go to therapy again. Mm-hmm. So in February, I'm kind of coming out of that depression, right. feeling better, feeling like, okay, I'm ready to attack life. My dad dies in May. So it's kind of like that monkey just crawled right back on my back and was right. like, let's push you down. Like, I, you you can't come out of this. Mm. <laughs> and it was horrible. I mean, that's probably my worst bout with depression, as well as not having my support system there, right. who was my father. Even though I had three brothers, I have a mom, my dad was who I went to for that. Right. He was my rock. He was my he was my support system, my ride or die that I know he might get mad, but he's right, gonna but love he's gonna me there. anyway. Right. You know, right. He, that's who he was for me. Mm-hmm. So it was kinda like, but you don't have that. Mm-hmm. You have you, this this boy that you gotta take care of. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And you have to live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how? How, how do I do that? You even said something right after you said that. You were like, because we were talking, guys, before we went into this session a little. But um, losing that, it's like, okay, do I just turn into somebody else? Yeah, yeah. And just be what everybody wants me to be? Cover mm-hmm. the depression? Cover the anxiety? Don't talk about it? Yeah, because people don't want to talk about it. Right. People just... I don't know if it makes them uncomfortable, which is weird to me because I'm like, you're not even dealing with it. So what are you uncomfortable for? Right, but right. it makes people uncomfortable and it makes them uneasy. So nobody wants to talk about it. You right. don't know who's going to judge you once they find out. Right. You know, because you're supposed to be perfect and praying everything away. So God forbid people find out that you're dealing with something right. in real life. Uh, so it was kind of like, what am I supposed to do? And uh, like I was telling you earlier, I remember as a kid, I used to tell my daddy, hey, I want to die when you die. Like, Mm. I want us to die together. You know, like, let's be, and I meant that. I meant that from like the depths of my soul. But I found out how much I meant it 
when he actually died and I did not want to live anymore. I mean, I have this son. I had a good job at the time. You know, I was doing stuff. I had a decent relationship, but I was like, no. So, God, when are you coming to get me? Wow. Like, when do I need to be ready? Because I said I was dying when he was dying, and he died. So, I have to be, my ship have to be on its way. Wow. You know, and I really felt that for at least... For four to six months after he passed away, that wasn't something that just stopped wow. that day or mm-hmm. after the funeral or right. after people stopped talking about it. Because, you know, everybody talks about it mm-hmm. when it first happens. Right. That first week, everybody's shocked. Everybody's hurt. Everybody is, oh, my God, are you okay? Do you need anything? Uh, if you need me, call me. You know, right. you get all mm-hmm. of that. The that first statements. week and a half, two weeks. But who's there for that family two months right. after Who's there that first set of holidays, that first birthday you have when he's not there, that first Christmas, that first Thanksgiving, that that first everything. Everything's right. a first yes. at that point. That first month that you completed and he wasn't a lot. There's nobody that stays there mm-hmm. consistent. Now, I have friends. I mean, some of my friends were amazing. I lost some friends. Mm-hmm. That I felt like didn't do their job. <laughs> but those friends that I had that were there that text me every day, that stayed on top of me, that right. knew those holidays that I used to spend with my dad. And they were like, well, let's plan something. Let's do something together. You know, I had those friends right. that were there for me. But even that wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Not in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I still was like, so when am I going to die? Wow. You know, and I tell, like I told you. I've never thought anxiety was a blessing until my dad died. Wow. And the reason why I say that is because anxiety makes you overthink things. It makes you anxious. It makes you question a lot of things. So when you when I'm feeling suicidal, I want to die. Mm-hmm. Anxiety steps in and like, well, what if you don't try to kill yourself right? Like, oh, God. what if you mess up? <laughs> right. And you don't take enough pills. So, yeah, you end up being a vegetable, but you still alive. Oh. So, for that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to try that. You know, <laughs> It's like, what if you jump right. off that building, but God say he ain't ready for you to die, so you break every bone in your body, and you're and in you're a still, body cast, but you still alive. You're still alive. So, I'm like, well, I'm not going to try to kill myself. Right. You know, so that was the only time that I ever was <laughs> anxiety like, Anxiety you know, saved your life. Anxiety saved my life. Wow. That, those first six months, because I probably would have tried it. <laughs> <laughs> But, and it's, we're talking about this in a joking manner, but it's but so no, serious, it's serious. But I seriously mean the anxiety saved my life. Wow. Me having that overthinking and thinking about all the possibilities that things could go wrong, where usually that aggravates me and right. drives me insane, it saved me. Wow. Because if I didn't have those thoughts, mm-hmm. if I didn't have anything to question, because at that time I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear God. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hear, it's going to be all right. If you can just make it through these six months, I'm going to give you something to hold on to. I didn't have that. All I had was my daddy is gone and now my life is nothing. Wow. That's what I heard. I couldn't hear. Oh, baby, it's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. I couldn't couldn't hear that. Wow. And, you know, your mom, my mom is dealing with the loss. My brothers, everybody's dealing with it. Right. So it ain't like you can come to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and my husband now, he was very supportive. He was being there doing the best that he could. But even he was like, I don't know what to say. You know, every time I try to say something, it, it rubbed like, you to something wrong. Right. way. It seemed like it's the wrong thing to say. What can I do to help you? Right. It's nothing you can do. 
The help that I had to find had to come from within me. Wow. It couldn't come from the outside. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that probably is one of the best things that I will ever learn. Mm -hmm. Knowing that true happiness and knowing that your reason to live and whatever you're committing to in your life has to come from within you. Right. It cannot come, come from, from the out. outside. Mm-mm. Because if it's coming from the outside and you lose that thing on the outside, what do what, you do? What do you do? And that is where I was at. Right. My happiness was coming from my dad. Mm-hmm. My reason for living was coming from my dad. Mm-hmm. My my goals that I had in life was coming from my, my dad. dad. Everything. Every decision that I had made. Mm-hmm. My dad was always calculated into... Okay, well, if I do this, he going to be here, so it's going to be all right. Right. Even when I left my, my horrible marriage, it, he was calculated in that. He right. his, Well, okay, well, my son, I still have a daddy because he'll have my daddy. Right. So I felt like his daddy died. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like so many wow. elements. If you... If you don't find your and that's reason, in that's in everything that could yeah. be a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a wife, yes. a, a job. If you're always looking for something from you know on the outside, yes. Then when if that goes, then you feel like nothing. You'll feel like nothing, right? You'll be running around always trying to figure things out, trying right. to decide what you're going to because you're not solid. From because within. you're not solid. Mm-hmm. Because it has to come from within. Wow. It can't come from the outside. Wow. And so I learned. I was able to tap into what I needed to tap into within mm-hmm. to want to live. Wow. And that's what happened. You said something really good um, earlier. You were talking about a story of a girl that was dealing with suicide. Talk yes, about yes, that. yes. It was a girl that, like, around the time my dad passed, a lot of random people started to request me right. on social media mm-hmm. uh, because they knew him, you right, know, whatever. Right. So they were requesting. I don't know why they was requesting. I don't know if it was just to see what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are watching. It's twofold. They care and want yeah, to be nosy they, sometimes. Both. You I have think it's two a different types of people. It's okay to be yeah. both. It's yeah. okay. Uh, <laughs> But I just started getting an influx of requests. So I'm accepting everybody, you mm-hmm. know, because as a pastor's child, you have to put on an image. So this was me right. stepping into my uh, fake person image that I'm trying to put on. Whoa. So I'm accepting everybody at this time. Did y'all hear but, that? <laughs> she said, because uh, I'm a yeah, step I, into a fake image. Yeah, I put on I put on a fake image for a little bit uh, to appease people. But, you know, that didn't last too long. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't hold it for right, too long. Right. Uh but this young girl, I guess her family, they have like a family Instagram. They requested me. And so um she wanted to commit suicide. And I remember when I met her dad here in Houston, he just told me about how much of a blessing I had been to her and how much uh that my life inspired her right. to want to live and just be okay with everything that was going on around her. So I was like, oh my God, I have to meet her. Right. So finally I met her. Me and her talked, exchanged numbers and everything. And I mean, her life just had completely turned around. Wow. At that time. I realized how important it is to be me. Hmm. Not because that I want to say that I found out about that in that six month time. Right. Right. So God allows everything to happen for a reason. Right. You know, and for those of y'all that, you know, are not Christians that's listening, just know that everything happens for a reason. Everything has a purpose. So when I found that out, I was like, hmm. 
well, what what is she looking at that I'm doing that made her want to be okay? Why can't make me okay? Wow. Why can't I use whatever she used right. to get me through my life? Wow. Which made me say, I need to pay more attention to myself. Right. You know? I need to stop looking at everything on the outside. I need mm-hmm. to, cause I was looking for a replacement for him. I was looking for somebody or something to now give me a reason to live, right. or now give me something to fight for, mm-hmm. or something. I needed, I needed a replacement for him because that is how I lived life. I lived mm-hmm. twenty seven years, right, right, with someone else mm-hmm. giving me a reason to be okay. Yeah, so. I, I got to meet her. I talked to her. We exchanged numbers, kind of started building a relationship with her. And I just realized at that time that, okay, if my life, because I wasn't doing anything but being myself on social media. Exactly. I wasn't. You weren't um, doing this whole fake thing. Yeah, yeah. I only did else. the fake thing in person. Right. Definitely not. Social media was me. Okay, right. <laughs> I don't know. Like some people be on social media with stacks of money. Right. No, they don't have a dollar in their bank account. Right. Holding right. somebody else's stack. No, my <laughs> social media is me. It's right. who I truly, truly am. Yeah. So I was like, what about me? So I wanted to get to know myself. Mm-hmm. I wanted to sit down and say, well, what do you like? You know, mm-hmm. have that conversation, that crazy conversation. I right. want to talk to myself and be right. like, so what, what you, do you like? like? What do you, you want Because I didn't know. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know? And so that's how makeup got turned wow. into this thing. Because I said, you know what? I like makeup. I like drawing. You know, I yes. like that. And I really like how people do their eyebrows. You know, I'm just yes. having this whole yeah. playful conversation with myself. So I got into the makeup mm-hmm. and found out I was good. Wow. To the point where people felt like I had been doing makeup for years and years and years. Wow. You know, coming out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. there might be something to this. Yeah. When I started to make people feel good about themselves and mm-hmm. do ladies' makeup that never had it done, and then just their energy and their feeling the way they felt afterwards, it just would be like these little shots of happiness yes. that I was getting, mm-hmm. but I was creating it. Right. I was playing a role in creating happiness for myself. Mm. And I didn't want that to go away. So I was like, man, I'm starting advertising. I'm about right. to. I'm a makeup artist now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this girl is off the hook. I was like, I, and you know what? You guys got to see this one video. I love it because you are so real. Right. You'll, right. you'll like curl, you'll have your hair and you'll curl it. And then at the end of the video, she pulls off the wig and it blows that my mind. Everybody's favorite. I'm like, oh my God, it was a wig. Yes. But yes. I love it because you're like, no, it's me. Right, right. But I'm just showing you this is a part of who I am. Yeah, because I think a lot of times people look at makeup now is an image thing or covering something up. Right. And I just look at it as an extension of who I am as a person. Right. I definitely don't wear makeup every day. So right. y'all get on social media and you meet me in person. I don't want you to be like, ma'am, you don't look nothing like the picture. You don't look, who is that lady? Where's that long hair? Right. Where is it? It's in the closet. Right. I don't have it on today. You know it. what I mean? But, right. Um, I just think it's a form of expression. Right. So, no, I don't try to pretend like my face is flawless, like I woke up like this. No, I didn't. No. I just like to have fun with it and right. do things. And then I like to draw. So then I started drawing things. That's mm-hmm. when I got into drawing on people's bellies. Wow. For their um, maternity shoots and 
uh, being creative on people's faces and things wow. like that. It just really opened up a whole nother part of me mm-hmm. that I guess shut down when I was younger. Wow. Because I was creative when I was younger. I used to mm-hmm. enter um, contests, drawing contests, right. and different things like that. But from that molestation and things, and just it just things it shuts change. you down. Yeah, mm-hmm. it shuts you down. And over time, I think that when you're hurt and you're dealing with hurt, you start to close so many doors on yourself just wow. from pain that you do become a fake version of yourself. Oh, and you said something good earlier. You just hearing you say that you you're like you don't know who's trying to reach out to you, but they. The way you put it, go for it. (laughs) The way you put that, I was like, I was talking to him about being able to reach that young girl and just thinking about how many times people walk through life and they are imitating who people say they should be or who your mom says you should be or who your dad or your brother or sister or whoever you have whispering in your ear telling you, you should dress like this, you should wear your hair like this, you should do all these things. And if God has placed someone on earth or or someone's in your path that you're supposed to be a light for or you're supposed to help lead them or be an inspiration for, if you're spending so much time being someone else, who is going to be there for those people that are looking for you? They won't be able to find you Mm -hmm. because you pretending to be somebody to be somebody else. They and they'll just be left lost looking for someone who you are not allowing to exist. Whoa. And that's the thing about really finding that happiness from within. From within. Because once you are happy from within and you are putting that out in the world, you're putting that energy out. Wow. It does not matter how many people come around that don't like you, that don't like the way you wear your hair, the way you do your nails. Right. Whatever. Because you're not looking for them. That was me, though, for 34 years. Like, I'm just now coming into where I'm, like, owning and even though I had a family mm-hmm. for been married for 14 years and have had kids for majority of those years, I still was trying to be what somebody else wanted me to be, even down to if it was church or a group of people, whatever it was, I was trying to be something else. And so I was never original. Because right. I wasn't happy with myself because of the traumas that I went through in life. So I would try to be something else. But now hearing that, there are so many people that have missed out on meeting the original me. And I think that's why now having that aha moment, as mm-hmm. they would say, mm-hmm. having that moment of like, this is now, this is why you should own your life and really go for it. Because um, I always say go for what you want or, or settle for what you get. But it's like... That has helped me this past, I would almost say, eight months. I finally came into, like, I like my voice. Right. I like the way I dress. I like the way I carry myself. I don't have to have the most expensive. I can be practical and, and still enjoy life. I don't have to do what other people want. Yes, I fall under. Yes, you got to do right, obey the law. Right. But I'm just, as far as just being true to yourself, mm-hmm. for so long, I was ashamed of myself because of how I thought people perceived me or I wasn't measuring up to what they wanted me to be. So I just heard you say that, you know, because of different traumas that you have went through. But remember, I said that everything happens for a reason. Right. So if you don't talk about or you hide your traumas or hide Mm -hmm. those like skeletons in your closet or secret things, you know, every family has their secret. They don't tell anybody. If you hide all those things. Right. But somebody needs to hear your story. Right. Somebody needs to know Mm -hmm. that, hey. Ma'am, your dad was a pastor from the time that you breathed on this earth. Mm -hmm. You've been in church all your life, Mm -hmm. but you still went through depression. 
Right. You still got anxiety. You still wanted to die. Mm-hmm. You couldn't pray it away, but you made it. Right. Because I think that a lot of times in in the Christian culture, mm-hmm. we're not supposed to talk about that. Right. We only supposed to talk about the things that are good, are right. the blessings, are the rainbows and sunshines. We're not supposed to talk about the bad stuff right. that's happening. We're not supposed to be true about that, especially being a part of that first family, as yes. they call it. Yeah. You know, it might be okay for the Christian in the pew to yes, be going to talk about it, but if you but, go oh, through you something. better not. Right. You better not. Because I've experienced be that where I was going through a trauma in my life mm-hmm. and it was like, get out. Yeah, and that's not that's not okay. No. Because everybody has to be nurtured. Everybody has to be cared for. Everybody right. has to be loved. Right. And everybody needs some time right. to say, hey, you're going through this right now. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I went through it too. Right. And it's going to be okay. Right. And I mean, I will scream my story from the mountaintop. <laughs> I probably make people sick, you know, and... I'm sure people wish they could shut me up sometimes <laughs> because I will I will talk about it right. only because but it's so important how too. many people are not talking right. and how many people are dying because they think it's only them. Right. But it's not you. Right. You're not the only one. Mm-hmm. It's many people that are going through what you're going through and right. they quiet right. and they unhappy. Exactly. Once you start talking, mm-hmm. once you start being verbal about what you're dealing with, that is when happiness comes. True happiness. I'm right. not talking about imitate. Anybody no. could pretend for yep. a couple hours. Exactly. A, a day, a month. Mm-hmm. But eventually you're going to have a breakdown. Right. So I feel like, hey, look, let's all break down at once. Mm-hmm. And let's go ahead and get Start. fixed for real. Yeah, exactly. Because that's really what life is about. That's what being a Christian is about. It's mm-hmm. not about temporary fixes. God didn't do temporary miracles. Oh. When God fixed people and he changed them and, and, and looked at all the bad things about them, first of all, he accepted them as they right, were right. first. Yes. And when they went through a change, the change was real and permanent because wow. their initial state was accepted. You wow. can't change somebody in their wow. secrets and their lives. You can't change. You change who I intimidated, uh, who, wow. I, who I pretended to be. That's what you changed. Wow. So then what happened to the real me? The real me still sitting over here needing help. Oh. So that is why it's so important to be transparent, to be who you are. The good, the bad, and the The ugly. ugly. I remember my husband told me, we were talking the other night. He was like, man, you know what? You're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, but you know I'm crazy, though. Right. I said, and you've been with me. We've been together for about a little over seven years. Right. And you know that I'm crazy. And you love me. And you love me anyway. Uh Uh-huh. So I know he loves me at 330 pounds. Wow. I know he loves my anxiety. I know he loves me depressed. Wow. I know that he loves me when I'm some angry, deranged lady, you know. <laughs> Working through I know, it. Yeah, I know he loves me when I'm jealous or whatever's going on because he's seen, he's seen me. Wow. And I remember him telling me that one of the best things about me was that I live my life unapologetically. Mm-hmm. I am who I am. Right. And... I've always been that way for a very, very long time. I was like that. Mm -hmm. But I think that I ignored the part about finding happiness from within. Mm -hmm. And that didn't open up for me until my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. Because I remember him telling me he felt like he could never really make me happy. 
because hmm. you know my dad was just like was something was wrong. I'm like, daddy, what's up? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? So he felt like it was just an unattainable goal, right. which it, which it was. Mm-hmm. So after my dad passed, he felt like he got to be wow who he really was. Wow, for you and for me in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling him, the crazy thing is, he's so much like my dad. Wow, and I didn't even notice this. I didn't even notice this until after my dad died. I didn't. I knew he was a good guy. I know mm-hmm. he had good qualities, yeah. but I really did not know him. Right. Until my dad passed away. Huh. Because now I, I don't have this crutch right. that I've been leaning on my whole life. Mm-hmm. So now I have to get to know you in real life to see, you know, what you're about. Right. And I got to know this man and say, you know what? He must have came from the same alien country that my daddy came from. <laughs> And God was like, let me send one down here for you like I sent wow. to your mom because he's so much like him. But I never noticed that. I mean, even people in my family say they never noticed how much he was like my dad. Wow. The creepy part is people tell me that he looks like him. Uh-uh. They do. I did a side-by-side. <laughs> I can see it. It's weird. It's weird. And you look just like your dad. But I, I do. You so do. So we had kids. They probably guaranteed to be cute. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look at, you look know, at dad just they showed They no choice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But uh, it was just amazing to me how something that was pulled away from me that I never wanted to leave, that I never would have given up. Mm-hmm. I never. I mean... If God came to me and was like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about taking him out. Think he's right. going to come on to heaven. I would have been negotiating. I would have been the top uh, notch. Right. I would have Olivia Pope. <laughs> God. Okay? Yes. I would have yes. been like, hold on. Hold on. Y'all know Let's Olivia Pope's scandal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but something that was taken from me that I held so close and dear to me. I really had to, it had to be taken away. I had to let it go so that I could truly become who I am. Mm. And I would have never. That's good. I would have never given it up. Right. I would have never given them up. Sometimes you have to let go of something so you can actually become who you really are. You you do. Wow. And I think that that people, God knew we didn't have the capability to let him go to become who we were supposed to be. Hmm. And there are people that we are supposed to bless, who we're supposed to touch, who we are supposed to change their lives. You can't do that mm-hmm. until you are truly being who you who you are, mm-hmm. until you're being you. Until then, you're just walking around here mm-hmm. being the best version of somebody else that you can be. Wow. And so many people are walking around here like that. Yeah. And it breaks my heart mm-hmm. because it's like, man, if you just be you... Wow. Do you know how happy you can be? Right. I tell people all the time, like, people talk to me about weight loss, and they're so unhappy being plus size, and they're right. so unhappy being big, and yeah. they can't find happiness. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. I just want to be clear on this. I never had an issue with being big. Right. I had an issue with my back hurting right. when I was walking through Walmart. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm telling that was that was a... Uh, like a defining moment. Right. I went to Walmart to buy groceries. I walked from the front to the milk. Everybody know they put the milk in the back. Right. And my back was in excruciating pain. I was like, this cannot be life. <laughs> and I had to get one of those little moped carts. No, I had you're in your to. 20s. Yes, I had to ride it. Child. I wasn't riding it because I was lazy. I was right. riding it because I was you're... in pain. Right. You know, people was probably looking at me like, look at that young girl in that thing. No, ma'am, this young girl's back. It's spazzing, and I was too heavy. 
That's why I lost weight. It wasn't to become happy. But I see so many people who think that if I lose 60 pounds, I'll, I'll be, be happy. happy. If I if I just get to a size 8, I'll be happy. No. No. You won't. Because happiness is fleeting. It's like, it's like if it's not real, it will come and go. Yeah, and you'll, you'll be get happy down. for a little while. I've been there. I've been like the, the guy version of Janet Jackson, blow up and then lose it. Yeah. And so I've been there where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a size 31 in the pants. Then I got to eat a donut. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to go work harder to find that happiness that I have. But when I started accepting me and loving me, then I didn't have to chase that. So but no matter it, what. everything became easier, though. Right. Yeah. Going to the gym yep. didn't seem like a chore. Mm-mm. It didn't seem I like something you had to do to stay in them 31 minutes. Right. You do it. Right. You just get up and do it because it's a part of your life. It's, it's a just part of my a life. part of your process. Mm-hmm. And I try to talk to girls because I know my gym, my trainer, he recommends a lot of people to talk to me, you know, that maybe have lost someone right. or just going on a big weight loss journey because he thinks that my story is extremely right. inspiring. And every it never fails. Every single person that I talk to thinks, if I get in this gym, I'm gonna be happy now. Mm-mm. First of all, not that gym. No, because it's hot. Because you, it's hot. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> yes. They relentless. Yeah. They don't accept no excuses. Nope. So you can't come here for happiness. <laughs> you can come here to achieve goals. Right. But don't come here for your happiness. Even though I would say I found happiness there. I found some friends, some support right. system. When you have a lot of like-minded people mm-hmm. doing the same thing, you know. And you feel good. When in the black culture, so many people are unhealthy. Right. And just eat whatever. Right. To be around so many people that look like you. That wow. are trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. Now that's happiness. That is. That's support. That is. You know. But I'm just saying, if you thinking that if you lose sixty pounds, that you now are gonna be happy, mm. it's not true. Mm-mm. Because I, I wasn't unhappy at three thirty wow. because I was three thirty. I was mm. unhappy because of other things. Right. You know what I mean? I was still posting pictures on Instagram. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And doing my makeup and putting my clothes on. I mean. It was so bad. I was trying to find a face-to-face picture uh-huh. to put side-by-side to show how small my face got. Yes. I'm contouring the heck out of my face and my pictures. It took me forever. I had to lose 100 pounds before right. I can even Because like, she's side always been side. small. And I'm like, you know? oh, no, you are small yeah, now. It's, um, it's a change. Right. But um, just happiness, it has to come from within. Right. And you have to find your reason to live. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the... Best thing that I've learned from the death of my dad. Wow. Now, a lot of good things have come out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I found out I'm an excellent makeup artist. And, right. Um, my son told me, I was even, I guess, a, a good influence on my son. He told me, Mom, you're the only person that I've ever met that had a goal and stuck to it. Even when you were tired and you didn't want to and it was hot outside, you still came to the gym and you still stayed focused until you achieved your goal. Mm -hmm. And that is why you have to be you. Right. Because this is my little son. He's eight years old. And he recognizes already. You're building something in him. Yes. For for what he has to go through one day. Exactly. Wow. And I I think the best thing I'm going to build in him, because uh, he's even dealt with Mm -hmm. uh, not feeling accepted. Right. And, um, I mean, feeling like he wanted to die at eight. He told me this. Wow. You know, we hear this on social media, but you never really get to meet the mom in person. Right. 
um, you know, where your son is writing notes in his journal at school and your teacher is sending you pictures of it because he's like, I have no friends. I have no reason to live. Like, I want to die. Like, you know, and I'm talking to him about, hey, hey, Kayla, it's okay to be you. Right. And whoever doesn't accept you as you, mm. forget about them. Right. Because at the end of the day, I mean, if you be absolutely honest. Them people you talk to in elementary school, them you're not gonna know friends. them down the road. Yeah, you no, know your friends. No, I see some people in elementary school that was popping. They ain't popping as adults. Okay, <laughs> they, they out popped. here living right, not their best life. Right. So I said, you have to live your life, or you you have to be okay. And I said, if you have two friends, that's sufficient. Right. You don't have to be at the table with everybody talking to you. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, those people are talking to those people because they have the best shoes on, or the best toys, right. or the best this, that, and the other. I said, you are an extremely unique person, right. and you came from an extremely unique family. family. Mm-hmm. Everybody ain't gonna like you. Right. I told him everybody don't like me. Mm-hmm. I said, how many friends do I have? Right. So he started counting them up. I say, you don't need two hands, do you? Right. I said, so it's okay. And I said, and I have a good life, right? He mm-hmm. was like, yeah, you have fun and you do so. I said, so stop worrying about the quantity of people that you have around you, right. and worry about the quality of people that you have around you. Wow. You can have hundreds of people around you that's not worth anything. Uh, and as soon as you stop wearing those shoes, as yeah. soon as you stop buying that stuff, they're gonna be gone. Right. You need those people that will stay around you, good or bad. Right. And the people that accept you as you are mm-hmm. are the people that are going to do that. I think that is so important that just hearing all of this now, because I know some of you are listening and it's like, OK, oh, my God, there's a reason why. I mean, I came down here for business, but I knew I had to sit with you. I, yeah, mean, yeah. I wanted you to tell your story. I wanted people to connect right, and right. hear, hey, from the Christian perspective to the non-Christian perspective to it's OK to talk about. It's OK to get counseling. It's OK to say, hey, I'm dealing with these things. And so I want you guys to, number one, always be you. And thank you. I so thank you for just sitting down with me. We, no problem. This I enjoyed like, my uh, tooth tried to hold me back. No, no. This is so, my tooth didn't want to lie. Yeah. But I no. think that it, it had to be. It had it, to be. It was a divine intervention that was yeah. trying to happen to shut this up. People yes, have to hear this. They do. You have to just, if there's anything that I can leave with you all. It's be transparent. Right. Unapologetically live your life. Yes. And be you. Mm. And you will find happiness. Wow. You'll find happiness. Wow. I mean, if you just implement those things. Yes. You will find Start happiness. Start there. Not, not, I'm not telling you to be out here slapping people and no, being a no, or anything No, like but just be you. But be just you be, you. be you and be happy mm-hmm. being you. But you have to have that weird conversation with yourself right. and get to know you mm-hmm. my hope is that my eight-year-old son at 30 will not be sitting down mm-hmm. having the conversation asking who are you wow. to himself because i've trained you mm-hmm. all your life right to be you wow never be anybody else well, y'all heard it. And how can they find you? Y'all can find me on social media, on yes. Instagram at NiaBaby underscore M-U-A. Spell NiaBaby. Do it for them. N-I-A-B-A-B-Y underscore M-U-A. There you have it, folks. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And I want you to come on again. I'm going to come down to Houston, get some good yeah, barbecue. we're going to have to it. figure out how to yeah. set that up. <laughs> we're going to th- make it happen. But thank you guys so much for listening to 
this episode and I can't wait to have another conversation with you guys. Thank you so much, Kanisha. You're welcome. Bye-bye, everybody.